This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and I'm joined by Yosem Joe. Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? When, When will, will my, my reflection, reflection show? show? Who I am inside. Okay, guys. So, as you can tell from the opening song, uh, today we are gonna <laughs> today we are gonna trash talk Mulan. <gasps> Mulan, no, no, no. We're not. We're we're gonna have a discussion about the recent Disney live action remake of Mulan that has received a lot of flack, right, for various reasons. Um, yeah, Samjo, so you want to talk reasons. about it a little bit? Yeah, so many reasons. I mean, when they first started publicity for, you know, this remake, people were so excited. They were like, yes, finally, you know, we're getting some Mulan representation. It's been, like what, Asian 22? Like Asian representation, right? Like yeah. Chinese leads, yeah. Right on, on the silver screen. And it's been 22 years since the animated uh, cartoon version, right? Mm-hmm. Then we found out, my goodness, there wouldn't be any music. So that was... That was when mm. people started making noise, especially other Disney fans. Mm-hmm. And then remember how there were, you know, all the Hong Kong protests mm. that mm. really uh, swelled up in 2019, especially. And the lead actress uh, who was cast as the titular character Mulan, right, Liu Yifei, she came out like you know, and she made some um, pro Hong Kong police comments mm-hmm. um, that led to the hashtag boycott Mulan. So that was the start of like you know people saying, okay, you know what, we're not even going to give this movie a chance, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think it got worse when people were like, "Yeah, sure, this is an Asian-led film, but all the creators seem to be white. Like the director is white. Like yeah. just a lot of white filmmakers and producers all white." There was actually a meme, you know, where they screenshot the Wikipedia page with all the credits and they just pointed at almost every other filmmaker and was like, "White, white again, also white." <laughs> yeah, and um. When the movie actually came out, uh, then there were you know accusations of like inauthentic portrayal of Chinese culture, which, I mean, this happens in a lot of Hollywood movies that yeah. have something to do with China, right? And then what's new? Um, what's new? And then, I think the big like bad headline really came when uh, basically there was filming that took place in Xinjiang, and、uh, Xinjiang is a very controversial. Part of China in the sense that there have been accusations that there is some sort of cultural oppression going on there. That there are, ah,、uh, camps. You know that they say like re-education camps. You know, but some people are saying it's actually internment camps for like ah、uh, the minority Chinese Muslims there. So because of that, ah,、uh, you will we'll get into that a little bit more later. But because of that, you know, the boycott Mulan movement got even more fuel. So you know, today on this episode, we're going to give you guys a quick pop vultures review of the film. You know, is it really that bad, or are people just you know inherently biased, right? And we're going to try and pinpoint why exactly people don't like the film, or maybe they find the film problematic, like you know, and what has it got to do with Disney, with Chinese politics, and with Hollywood at large? And last but not least, we're going to give you our very own Mulan recommendations at the end, in case you're still craving for more、mm-hmm. of this Chinese folklore legend.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and just before we delve right into the movie, just to provide some context, if you don't actually know what Mulan is, you、uh, shouldn't be listening to this episode. But no, you, they should. Mulan One O One, give it. Okay, Mulan One O One. So basically, Mulan is a very famous Chinese legend that is based on a ballad. It's called Mulan Zi. It's basically the ballad of Mulan, which tells the story of this woman who. 
took over her father's place to fight in a war, uh, to become a soldier, and she basically lived like as a man uh, and hid her identity as a woman for 12 years. So this is the original Chinese, ancient Chinese poem uh, that people say was probably written in the Northern Wei dynasty. Mm. So this story is so like popular that it has gotten a lot of different types of like iterations be it like movies or dramas or just like her as a character you know stuff that is inspired by this you know so video game characters even video game characters yeah so mulan is just the latest uh in the in this long history of adapting this character and yeah. uh, Sam Joe, now you can speak about the movie and spoiler alerts, guys. Okay, we are not like we are assuming that you either have no interest to see the film or you have already watched it. Yeah. Okay. So my biggest gripe with the movie is, come on, it's a Disney movie. Once you get rid of the music, it's just not Disney's Disney. Mulan anymore. You know. Mm. So yeah. So I I can understand why a lot of people are, like not excited about the film and you know they're kind of like nitpicking at it. That's it though. I mean, as a movie goer, I actually don't hate it. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't hate yeah, it. Because I, I I got a lot of like people who told me like, eh, I didn't really like it. So I thought it would be really bad. Yeah, you're right. My expectations were like rock bottom. I was like, okay, everyone was like, it sucks, you know. Okay, it's not don't watch rock it. bottom, but it wasn't high, la. you know. I, yeah. I didn't go in expecting too much, but it was actually like not that bad, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so let's get it out of the way. I mean, it's definitely not a perfect movie, right? It's not. Like, um, it's not. Especially, then... I think, as an ethnic Chinese person, there are mm. a lot of moments that feel very cringy. Yeah, which I'm sure you will elaborate on more later. Yeah. Jen has a lot of thoughts on this, okay. But for me, you know, I go with the generic um, storyline, right? Um, even on that front, the plot felt a little bit rushed, you know. Mm, um, mm. This is an English language film, but, you know, so all the protagonists and supporting characters are speaking in the foreground in English with different but then, accents. But like, then there are, like, people in the background, like, background actors who you can hear, like, they are probably speaking Chinese. Yeah, it'll be, like, at the background, it's like, oh, why will I bang me? I can't think, you know, like, let me help you. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, what? Did did did, did, did some, someone like, speak outside? You know, room? that kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. Yeah, there's some cognitive dissonance there. La. Mm. And then there's this, and this is what a lot of people were talking about, like, you know, uh, even before I watched the film, they were like, they can't stop talking about tea, this concept of tea. Yes! But to make things worse, I mean, talking about it and overemphasizing it is one thing, but apparently they gave a wrong definition of it. Like, you know, so for those of you who don't know what chi is, right, it's this concept in Chinese medicine and martial arts talks about a person's energy flow. So all of mm. us have an innate chi and sometimes if it's blocked, you know, that's when we fall sick, mm. you know, and, and so on and so forth, right? Yeah, that's why and like people always say, oh, ni qi shu, which means your chi is very weak. That's why you are falling sick easily. That's a TCM thing. Right. Then you need to drink more soup, that kind of thing, you yeah, know, to yeah, kind of like yeah. nurse yourself back to health. So it's about an energy flow which everyone has. But here in this movie, it's depicted as some sort of, I don't know, mystical, magical power, right, Jen? It's like if you have a lot of chi, then you can fight very well or something like that. Like it's never truly, it's about like how uh, you can will your chi to be a, a type of power and then you can become very like powerful at Fighting? Yeah, so you can become like Mulan or you can become like Gong Li's character, the witch. Yeah, you can become very powerful if you wield your chi properly. But in Mulan, right, you are, women are not supposed to wield their chi. Like, women are supposed to marry and then chi is for men to wield their warriors. So yeah. It's a bit so weird. I didn't realise that chi already... had a gendered thing. 
Yeah, so by definition, it's already wrong because it's it's never been a case where tea is just like, you know, a, a male-only thing. That's no such thing, okay? And then, what's up with the phoenix, man? Oh my god, the phoenix was everywhere. <laughs> just where you think, you know, just when Mulan's trying to have a quiet moment to herself, she's reflecting. Yes, suddenly the she, she looks at her reflection a lot, guys. <laughs> just in case you forget that, you know, that's the theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the phoenix is like apparently the guardian god of her family or something and um, it just keeps appearing. Like every time she's, she's going through something really difficult and the phoenix will suddenly come out yeah, and like, she will feel ah! inspired by the phoenix, you know. <laughs> it's like stalking her, basically. It's literally stalking her. And then at one of the scenes, like she's standing up and then the phoenix spreads its wings behind her and I was like... <laughs> This is super on the nose. Because like, yeah. literally the line before that was rise like a phoenix. And then oh, she rose. Yes. Yeah, and then the wow. phoenix wings spread behind her as it soared through the sky. So like, subtle, so subtle. I love it. Uh, they were trying to give her a Jean Grey moment, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a Daenerys mother of dragon type moment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I think Jen and I both just like cracked out laughing. like when that Yeah, happened. I actually like laughed out loud. I was like, this is very intense. Like... Okay. Yeah, but I'll tell you why I like the movie, okay? Because despite all of that, okay, we know it's not perfect, mm. and no movie is, but there were quite a few very, very um, excellent touches, I would say. Mm. You know, mm. uh, for one, I love that they weaved the reflection theme song, which is yes. very nostalgic for a lot mm. of like the Disney fans, right? Into the background music. And she's like riding through the desert, right? It's very like, it's quite good, that part. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I love, this is my absolute favourite, I love when Ming-Na Wen makes a cameo. So, for those of you who don't know, um, in the original animated version in 1998, Ming-Na Wen was actually the voice of Mulan. Mm-hmm. So here, and she's a, you know, um, Chinese-American actress. She's more of a pioneer, like, Asian-American actresses in that yes. era. Right, right. Even before Lucy Liu, I would say. Um, so she makes a cameo and she, like, you know, presents Mulan to the emperor and she kind of, like, walks in, you know, sachets in and then she kind of, like, moves to one side and then behind her she reveals Liu Yifei. Like, it's kind of like the mm. old Mulan making way for the new Mulan. Mm. Beautiful. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also love how, like, you know, they have a lot of references even to the original ballad of Mulan that, uh, Jen, you were talking about. Um, there's actually, like, this metaphor at the end where, you know, Mulan talks about how there were two rabbits that she sees, like, you know, running side by side. Mm. And you don't really know which is male and which is female. And for those of you who have actually seen the 2020 movie, you know that uh, when she's still with her family before she left for the battlefield, she's actually riding a horse and she sees two rabbits running. Mm. So that was actually a reference to the original uh, poem, which I thought was uh, pretty beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think, Jen? Okay, so different from you, I don't really have like major feelings for the actual cartoon. I don't really remember watching, I must have, but I, I don't have a lot of memories of it. So the thing is, when it first came out, people were really upset that they were taking away the songs and they, came, they were taking away the dragon and t- taking away like her love interest, Shang and everything. But to me, it was like, this is good, you know, they should try to do an actual life adaptation. You should try to do something new instead of a scene-to-scene recreation of the cartoon, which was like, sort of what happened with Aladdin and sort of what happened with Lion King, right? So I feel like if you're gonna do a new movie, do a new movie, man. So I'm not bothered about that. I like the fact and I appreciate the fact that they are trying to do something fresh. 
And um, mm. it's very clearly like they were basing it on the actual legend and not a live adaptation of the cartoon movie, but rather like a live adaptation of this story, right? This legend. So I was like, this is good, right, guys? This is great. But um, as much as I thought the movie was like actually not that bad, like it was, points was actually quite enjoyable. But um, it's cringy, though. Like it's really it's cringy. Like <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you? What made you cringe the most? Okay, so the whole thing, right? Like she has this like three tenets of virtue, which is loyal, brave, and true. This is like the key uh... thing. They hammer it into you over and over and over again. Like the number of times loyal, brave, and true is uttered in the movie is insane. Okay. <laughs> And basically, loyal, brave, and true in Chinese. So the thing is, it's an English movie. So they say loyal, brave, and true. But on her sword, it's Chinese characters. So there's really a cognitive dissonance there. Like you're really like slightly uncomfortable with that. So the Chinese characters on her sword, right? Uh, that this sword that Mulan wields is Zhong Yongzhen, and Zhong Yongzhen looks and sounds exactly like the type of tattoo that white people would get. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like some yeah. Amor would have it tattooed on his back or something because he thinks it's cool. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's cringy in that sense, you know? It feels like looking at Chinese culture through a white lens. You get what I mean? Yeah. So I really felt like it was quite cringy. And then at the end, right, they add, um, because at the end, so the, the thing with the actual Battle of Mulan is she basically tells the emperor that she wants to go back home after the 12 years she spends with the with the troops right she says she wants to go back home mm. like She's appointed know. a higher office but she declines. yeah 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 so um in this movie something similar happens she basically becomes a great warrior but she chooses to go back home when the emperor asks her to stay to become an officer in the army and uh the the emperor goes that's great because devotion to family is a virtue too so they give her a new sword because in the movie something happens to a sword and then it writes Zhong Yong Zhen, right? The loyal, brave, and true. And then she turns it around and it's Xiao, which is Xiao Shun the Xiao, right? Which is filial right. piety. And then she goes, devotion to family. And I was just like, <laughs> guys, it's Xiao. And I was just like, very uncomfortable because some things just don't work well translated, you know? Yeah. And it's so it's so uncomfortable to watch like a, such a difficult to explain Chinese concept because filial piety is in and of itself a very conf- a complex and very, um, I think, rooted, something that is very, very rooted in the Confucian Chinese cultural ideology, right? It is yes. more than just devotion to family. Um, but okay, despite yeah. that, they translated that. So I was just like, this is very disorienting. And you know, in an animation, it's easy to suspend your disbelief because it's animated what you know the characters they don't look like real people they are they are drawn you know true, so the true. fact that they all speak english even though they all live in ancient china is is not as disorienting jarring. yeah it's not as mm. jarring but here it's like everyone looks is asian and like very obviously all of them at, at least some of them are native chinese speakers like very obviously you can tell that english is not a natural language to them for like for example liu yifei you can tell that you can tell that with jet li who plays the emperor you know you can yeah. tell that with chen zidan donnie yen who plays the um officer the army officer right yeah so and everybody has like different accents so it's just it feels very uncomfortable and i think the thing with making a Hollywood movie that is catered to the Chinese market, which is what exactly what Disney was trying to do, because China is the biggest, second biggest movie market in the world. 
I feel like that's inherently something that's very clashing. Like, it's very jarring. Because you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. Right? If you make a Hollywood movie, it has to be in English. But then you're trying to cater to the Chinese market by putting all these Chinese actors whose first language is not English. And then you, like, try and make a remake a Chinese story. But you tell it in English. And you look at it and you film it with, like, white filmmakers. And you look at it through such a Hollywood lens. That is just inherently, there's something very, just very uncomfortable about it. So I can see why uh, it was very unpopular with Chinese audiences. Like, it right. opened in China. So in the US, um, it opened on Disney+, Plus, like the Disney streaming platform. But it actually opened in like Singapore and China in the theatres, where we can actually go to the theatres quite safely. And like, Chinese audiences took to it extremely badly, and I totally understand, because like... Look, they had a lot of problems with the historical inaccuracies that, oh, this is Northern Way, why is she living in this? Her, her costume doesn't look right, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff I'm willing to overlook. But the look of the film itself, like the art direction of the film, is very Hollywood style. Like, okay. it's completely different from what you would expect of ancient China. At one point, I think, like, one of the background actresses wear, like, a polka dot print. Really? Yeah, like a variation of a polka dot print. Like the colors and everything is very different from what you expect from ancient China costumes, which, you know, Chinese audiences are very familiar with that because we have a lot of our Chinese has, China has a lot of its own ancient China period pieces, what? So it just looked very odd, you know? So I can understand why it didn't do well there. I think uh, in China, it, I mean, you know, people went to watch it and everything, but the reviews in China were particularly bad. And one last thing, I don't think the fight scenes are very engaging. Because really? I yeah, I, I felt like it wasn't um you know, if I wanted to watch watch a Wuxia movie, this is the closest you get to a Wuxia movie in the Disney universe. But if I want to watch a Wuxia movie, I would watch like Crouching Tiger, la, you know? That's it's more the fight scenes here are very fantastical and it doesn't feel as like combative, like hand to hand style. And really? it, it just baffles me because you have Donnie Yen. Guys, you oh. have Ip Man. Like, Ip Man. Just use use of him. him. You also you have Jet Li. You also yeah. have Jet Li. Like, yeah. And Jet Li doesn't really fight throughout the movie. It's very upsetting. So, I was so disappointed. Yeah, In fact, like, Jen, you couldn't even recognize him, right? I couldn't. I was like, after the movie, he, he was like, Sam Joe was texting me. And then he was like, yeah. And then Jet Li doesn't even look like himself. I was like, Who's, wait, Jet Li was in the movie? He was like, <laughs> Jet Li was the emperor. I was like, what? Because yeah. I did not recognize him. Shocking. He has aged so much, the poor guy. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vouchers, do find us on the Straits Times podcast channel, or you can find us at hashtag Pop Vouchers. That was that's our own channel. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Some of our episodes are on YouTube as well. We dressed up as Britney last week, so check those out. Like and rate us, and please subscribe. Uh, please rate. That's how we go up in the rankings. So back to yeah. our show. Let's continue with uh, our Mulan. It's a trash talk. Mulan talk. Mulan discussion. Let's go a bit deeper. Let's be a bit more academic about it now. Okay, like, Jen and I have identified three factors as to why... Three problem areas. Yeah, Mm. three problem areas as to why, like, you know, this movie somehow, uh, you know, didn't... Why people love to hate the movie, let's just put it that way, right? Mm. Mm. And the first factor really is, which I mentioned earlier, it's the Disney factor, you know? Which begs the question, is it really Disney without the music? Not to mention, they removed music aside, they also removed very key characters like Mushu the dragon, you know? Mm-hmm. The dragon that's sent by her ancestors to go and like watch over Mulan. He is so funny in the original animated film. Um, he provides a lot of the comic relief. 
uh, he's just incredible. And you know how how symbolic dragons are in Chinese culture. The phoenix that stalks her. (laughs) I know. Yeah, but the phoenix didn't do anything. At least Mushu made us laugh, okay? And Mushu was integral in like pushing the plot forward. The phoenix was just like an extra, like a stalker, you know, flitting in the background. I was very uncomfortable with it. And also Li Shang, like, they took out Shang. Captain Li Shang, yeah. You want to see him training the soldiers and hear him sing, Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. You can tell they send Sam me is a daughters. Disney fan. When yeah. I asked Sam for sons. Oh, sorry, Come on. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is that Disney fans are understandably scandalized, you know, because you are messing with people's childhoods here, okay? So the Disney factor, very important. Mm-hmm. But I disagree. Like, as I said just now, I really do think that there's value in creating something new instead of, like, slavishly adapting the cartoons. Because, like, you know, nostalgia sells. And nostalgia is the Disney formula. They live and thrive on nostalgia. But I want creativity, you know? I want something new. And then the other problem is really the Chinese politics problem, right? Which is a huge headline. Um, so it began with, uh, you know, the Liu Yifei, that lead actress Liu Yifei's support of the Hong Kong police. And the movie really came out at a time, like this whole support of the Hong Kong police thing sort of came out last year. But then the movie was released at a time where America was going through large-scale Black Lives Matter protests and large-scale protests against police brutality. So when you put that two and two together, you can see why, like, uh, I guess her support of the Hong Kong police uh, came off even worse in that regard. Uh, Mm -hmm. Personally, like, you know, I feel like the support of the Hong Kong police or what, a lot of Chinese celebrities were supporting the Hong Kong police. It's just something that a lot of them did at that time. A lot of them had to come out. I don't know whether they felt they had to do it or what, but a lot of them came out and showed support for the Hong Kong police. So that stuff, I don't hold it that much against her. Um, You know, she is Chinese. You know, she supports the Chinese government, regardless of what you think. Uh, but I think the worst stuff really came when it hap- when the Xinjiang headlines came out. So the movie filmed in Xinjiang. The movie actually filmed largely is it was it in New Zealand? Mostly in New Zealand. That's what that's what filmmakers are saying. But some yeah. scenes they had to film it in the province of Xinjiang, which is actually um, technically an autonomous re- region, right? Yes, and... but um, there are a lot of accusations of internment camps. Uh, mm-hmm. Cultural oppression, even some reports of genocide, you know. Against Chinese Muslims, there were reports of forced sterilization of Chinese Muslim women. Um, right. It's 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 pretty bad, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's very shady, very scary uh, yeah. stuff. And a lot of people noticed that at the end, during the credits, like the film actually thanked, you know, the publicity department of CPC Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomy Region Committee. Right, so Uyghur here refers to, of course, like you know, the minority group, mm. right? The minority group that a lot of them live in Xinjiang, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, essentially, this is the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda department in Xinjiang. So the film actually explicitly thanked them at the end, and which led to a lot of you know a lot of saying, protests. Yeah, a yeah, lot why of backlash even, if, about the movie. Right, because if you're supporting this movie, does it mean you're supporting you know what uh whatever it is that the Chinese Communist Party is doing? So that basically open a whole can of worms, right? Yeah, to the point where the Chinese government themselves ordered media outlets in China to not cover the release of Mulan because 
they didn't want any more attention on the movie and its controversies. La. So that's right. actually a blow to them as well because they couldn't do any publicity. La. Just as the movie was coming out, all publicity was banned. You yeah, know, um, yeah. there was no reports on, on the movie, no reviews or anything. So <sighs> so Chinese yeah. politics, definitely one big headache over there, right, for the movie. Yeah. You do want more Asian representation in Hollywood. But then at the same time, it's like, this is not exactly the way you want it to happen, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think this is a good segue into our next problem area, which is the Hollywood Chinese slash Asian problem. It's a problem, I would say, that's so entrenched in Hollywood. Chinese culture has always been very exoticized. So, you know, you had actresses like Anna Mae Wong, right? Um, mm. Who were always depicted as the dragon lady, you know? So if, you know, yes, she had some leading roles in Hollywood films, but she was always the dragon lady, the fierce lady. I mean, you think about even people as... Uh, recent as Lucy Liu, you know, she was always like the very fierce. She was the fierce Ling Wu in yeah, uh, and Ellie the exotic McFeel. and the exotic look, you know, like yeah. people like Lucy Liu with the mm. with the eyes, you know, the Tan Feng Yan as they call it, right. the eyes that go up, you know, right, um, right, so that's, eyelid and everything. Yeah, 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 and that's mm. the the Mulan eyes, you know, it's basically the Mulan eyes. You know, the cartoon Mulan has the same eyes. Yes, so like Her eyes go up. Yeah, those sort of um, I guess stereotypical portrayers of how Chinese people look like, uh, you know. How they uh, behave. Yeah. You know, if you're a guy, chances are you ought to know Kung Fu, you know. Um, that's why Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan were so successful. That's how, that's how it, like, Chinese actors broke into Hollywood. It's through Kung Fu. It's through action, you know. It's Bruce Lee, it's Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yen. All of them broke through because they were action stars. True, true. So, <laughs> and other things, I think it's, it's very tokenistic. Like... Mm-hmm. They would have big action Hollywood movies and then they would be like, they would like put a Chinese star's name in the credits in the promotional stuff and then you actually watch the film and Fan Bingbing is an X-Men for 30 seconds. Oh my goodness, yes. You literally like, she appeared for like, a blink of a second. <laughs> yeah. You get the reference. Then it's like, then then you are trying to, it's like, look, 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 we put Fan Bingbing, now come Chinese people, come and yeah. watch this movie. And yeah. then you watch it, you're like, huh? And all she does is like, huh, huh, watch out. And th- those are all her lines. Like, I memorize yeah. her lines. <laughs> it's just like, it's so tokenistic. Yeah. It's like, what do you take us for? Do you really yeah. think this is the representation that we are looking for? Fan Bingbing in 30 seconds of an X-Men movie. Like, what, yeah. you know? Which is why I'm a bit worried when they, you know, announced that Tony Leung is going to be um, the Mandarin in Shang yeah. Chi. I really hope it doesn't it doesn't go badly because okay, Shang Chi is also an Asian led movie because Shang Chi is an Asian superhero. Yes. So I'm really hoping it goes better, and I'm really really hoping if they put Tony Leung in a movie for five minutes, I will scream. Okay. Yeah. He's Tony Leung. You do not touch Tony Leung if you do not give him a good enough role. You better yeah. give him something meaty to do because he will chew the scenery out. Right, right. I, I, can't, I, mean, I can't wait to see him there. So hopefully, better representation. And um, I do think Hollywood is learning, you know. Um, you know, recently we've had films like The Farewell, Crazy Rich Asians. I think there's been a bit more diversity in how they portray um, mm. Asians in general, not to mention Chinese yeah. people. And I really, really do hope beyond Asian representation, I really also do think it's about representation behind the scenes. Like, give these movies to... Chinese people to Asian people give give it to people who understand the cultural impact and the the just the cultural background of what they are depicting on screen. 
I absolutely agree. And even in Mulan itself, I feel like there were a lot of big name stars. They stuffed it with big name stars, you know, Gong Li, Jet Li, Donnie, and, and I feel like a lot of them weren't properly used. Like, Gong Li had super bad character development. It was so sudden. Yeah. It was like, she's evil, 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 good, and then she dies. Like, spoiler alert, but you know. So like, I, I didn't like the fact that they sort of gave them very thin characters to work with, especially like, you know, Gong Li, like, Donnie Yen should have, definitely have had more fight scenes because it's freaking it man, like, use him. Yeah. Uh, Jet Li had barely any lines. Like, any he was lines. barely in the movie and he, I didn't even recognize him, so... Yeah, you know, I feel like you, a robot could have played his part. It was, ter- yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, like, use, use them better. I really do feel that. Okay, anyway, regardless of whether you loved the movie, hated the movie, we figured, like, you know, all of y'all might be a little hungry for more Mulan representation in pop culture, right? So, Jen and I have put out together our little pop vultures recommendation list for you Mm -hmm, when it mm -hmm. comes to Mulan. And the first thing that I want to recommend is Jingle Ma's 2009 film version of Hua Mulan. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is uh, the film that starred Vicky Chao, Chao Wei. Um, so if you guys might remember her as Huan Chu Gege, right? Xiao Yanzi, uh, yes. Xiao Yanzi, My Little Swallow. Eh, Little Swallow, what's the name of the English name of the movie? My Fair Princess. My Fair Princess, yes. Or Princess so- Returning Pearl, if you're going very literal. <laughs> Huan Chu, really, really? Yes, I'm not even true, kidding, yeah. So, you know, it's not the best film. I mean, editing was pretty choppy, if you ask me. Some of the scene changes were super abrupt. I would even say lazy. But considering they portrayed 12 years worth of battle, they stayed true to the original ballad of Mulan, right? Mm. I thought it was not bad, you know? And it was a love story that developed between her and um, the actor Chen Kun. Who I love. My god, I love Chen Do you love Chen Kun? Yeah, I do. He, yeah. Oh god. You love him? He's then you will so love this good movie. Looking. Yeah. He, he's very good looking, exactly. And so is Chao Wei. He's very charming. Like, his performances always draw you in. He has such expressive eyes. Okay, sorry. His, I was going to say, his eyes are very, like, uh, Tony Long like you get very I mean? emotive yes yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. have to say anything but he with the way he glances up or the way like you know his eyelids just flutter a little bit yeah tells, and he like, has a so he has a slightly like he has a slightly like a uh, bad boy vibe to him which I love okay right so back on our episode on Chen Kun let's um, talk <laughs> Chunkun no. fangirl portion's over. All right. Okay. No, but I, I was trying to say is that the love story between the two of them was pretty touching, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Also, by the way, it stars Jackie Chan's son in it, also. JC, JC. JC Chan. He was not bad. I thought his acting was quite good. He provided some comic relief there. And also. you would immediately realize he is Jackie Chan's son. They have the exact same nose. Same nose. Yeah. Right. And yeah. also the Russian singer, Vitas. Vitas! Vitas, who did opera number two. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the very Vitas is like Vitas is like 10 years ago right Vitas was a total meme like before memes were memes yeah. Vitas was a meme yeah if you guys don't know Vitas please go and google V-I-T-A-S and search for opera number 2 I should just uh, search V-I-T-A-S that's the first thing that will come out yeah never can you imagine that a guy can sing so high okay anyway he's very popular in China which is probably why he makes this super gratuitous appearance in this film and you know he's just this random white guy with the uh, Rowan tribe I don't know what he's doing there but okay. I love him. Also, a Singapore connection. Stephanie Sun sings the theme song. I for didn't this. know that. Yeah. Hmm. So when the credits come up, you can hear Stephanie Sun's voice. And it's amazing. It's beautiful. And another recommendation that I want to make is not a film, but a book. It's actually Maxine Hong Kingston's 1976 novel. Yes, I'm going all the way back. <laughs> I'm going retro now, okay. Um, no, it's a really good book, guys. Woman Warrior. 
uh, Memoirs of a Girlhood Among Ghosts. It's a super, super excellent book about, you know, this author's Asian-American experience, you know, as first-generation Chinese-American. It's semi-autobiographical, you know, she tries to figure out where her sense of belonging really is, and she weaves in plenty of, like, Chinese folklore, including that of Mulan. So I think for you literature and book lovers, um, if you haven't read it yet, uh, and if you want to find out more about Mulan through a different kind of lens, you know, because the original tale, I think a lot of us are familiar with it. But if you want something that takes a lot of like creative liberties and also in telling a truly personal story, um, this is a work of art, The Woman Warrior. So go look it up. Okay, and for me, uh, I don't have a lot of Mulan-related rags, but I, I did realize that uh, Kung Fu Mulan is a new Chinese animated movie, and apparently it is coming out soon in China. Hopefully it will come to Singapore as well. The trailer looks quite promising, and the moment I watched it, I was like, oh my god, thank god everyone is speaking Chinese. But I was just like so relieved that she was speaking Chinese. The animation actually looks pretty great, pretty excellent, so... Uh, you can go check that out if you want to. Uh, is this from China? Is, uh, it's from China. It's a Chinese-made animation. Right, right. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for you guys today. But do write to us, you know, let us know what you think about Mulan, not just the 2020 film, but also the 1998 Disney animated film. Like, you know, how do you think the two compare? Um, are you also a big fan of Gong Li, like Jen and I am? Um, what do you think of the whole situation and the controversy surrounding the film? Are you a film? Chen Kun fan? Oh, if you're a Chen Kun fan, yes, write to us also. We would love to hear from you. Um, you can always email us at podcast at sph.com.sg or you can also reach out to us personally. You can slide into our DMs if you know what I mean. Um, you can write to me at yosamjo at sph.com.sg or sam underscore jomato on Instagram. Jen? You can find me at jenlee at sph.com.sg or you can find me on my Instagram at jenleewrites. And I think that's our dose of pop culture for this week, guys. But usually we end off with, you know, Sam Joe croaking like a voucher. But this week, you know, Sam Joe, do you want to end us off with an impromptu karaoke session? Fine, I shall croak like Christina then. Look at me, you may think you see who I really am. Sing along, everybody. But you'll never know me every day. It's as if I play a part. Take it away, Jen. Who is that girl I see? Please cut us off. Bye. Staring straight back at me. Bye, guys. When will That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.